Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and craft beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here with Lucy. Hello, welcome back, Ben. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and here with Adol. Hey, yeah, hey. welcome to... Oh, I've forgotten what the Marvel term is, because I, 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 you were snapped last week, so you were... Unsnap? Begins with a B. Blip. Clap? Blip. Blipped. Yeah. Welcome back, blipped boy. <laughs> Brilliant. Sure. What a, what a great way to just derail any forward momentum of the podcast. I love it instantly. Oh, it's good to be back. Thank you both for, uh, you know, just hanging out, hanging out last week and putting up an episode while I was, um, as Kim said, had a cold. Basically, she's like, mm. you just got a cold. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm dead. Will I'm I be? So, yeah, that was that was me last week. But this week, I'm good. I'm feeling better. So, we're kicking with some beers. We talk about a load of games that we have been playing. Um, Lucy, not drinking this evening? No. Um, okay. I've uh, had my first dose of the vaccine. So, oh, yes. Um, just rule of thumb is, I guess, don't chase vaccines with alcohol. So. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was going to take a break, a little break anyway. Um, I felt uh, inclined to drink last week because it would have been weird just the deal of drinking last week. Mm. So, um, you know, sadly <laughs> took one for the team and had to drink. What well, you know, I mean, my life's just, so hard. You have to sometimes, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. So, yeah, um, maybe not next week, maybe the week after I'll be mm-hmm. back on the beers. Nice. Uh, I've got mine. Thursday. Uh, mm. I may not be quite as diligent as you. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure it'll be fine. There's no I mean, um, I, mean I normally roll I through every co- illness with Jägermeister, so we'll, we'll see how mm. I feel. Well, there you go. I haven't been contacted, but mm. um, they today lowered the ages to 36. Oh, did they? Okay. Oh, so now I can just call and make an appointment, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Uh, just do it online. online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You old boy. Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, you somehow can drink. Bolsa- I'm the old one, yet I'm the one with an appointment. The one time. <laughs> it's supposed to be good for me. <laughs> well, Nothing. it just happens sometimes, doesn't it? It's just the way. It's just the way. Yeah. What are you going to drink tonight, though? Uh, besides What's... my own tears? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am having this beer. It's a Polly's. Nice. It's Polly's Double Dry Hop Double IPA Genesee. It's got Amarillo and Mosaic. Uh, it is 8%. And I'm having it first because the other one is weaker, but of a different type that I think make, will make sense more afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So Double Dry Hops, Amarillo and uh, Mosaic. It's Polly's, and it's a, a hefty 8%. Brilliant. Nice. Um, it's almost like we planned it. I also have a Double Dry Hopped. Uh, double IPA. They call it an imperial IPA, but it's 8.5%. It's maybe because it's American. I've taken a little leaf out of Lucy's book and searched for some New York beers. Um, so I have got other halves, uh, double mosaic dream. Which I say, it's double, double dry hopped imperial IPA, 8.5%. Yeah, I, I had that the other day. Oh, amazing. Nice. We can talk about it a little bit. Is there any info on it? No. Nothing. Don't know what's in it. Nada. Don't know who made it. Don't know where it's from. 
<laughs> don't know what it is. I'll open it and I'll drink it anyway, you know, as we do. Mm. As we do. Um, I think I, I had that up the other day, or, or it's downstairs, one of the two. Mm. Who knows? I had eight of a half beer, but it might be in one of the podcast. Okay. You, yeah, because you had, what was it? You had broccoli, not last week, but the week I oh, yeah, was on yeah. the, the week before. Um, yes. And it, it may I, be, I'm sure I picked up that. I'm sure I picked up that beer. Whether mm-hmm. I drank it or not, who's to know? Who's to say? I mean, there's no way of ever finding out, so no. it's, you know, it's fine. Uh, Adol, have you have you yes. managed to pour yet whilst we've been blabbering yes. on about the other half? Good. Um, it is a lovely, hazy sort of... I want to say... Um, it's a little too yellow for a mango juice, but there's something about its thickness and its... Um, lack of transparency that reminds me of like a like a store brand uh tropical juice so not mm-hmm. quite pulpy and thick just kind of a little watered down okay um, but it's yeah as you can see a little more a little more like straw gold colored mm. on the pour i immediately got um some a waft of i'm gonna say light passion fruit with like a uh and when i take a bigger nose i'm getting yeah some tropical but also it's a lemon that's very distinct, um, almost too. I think it's the fact that it's an eight percent, so it's coming off as cleaner lemon. Okay, like just a little, like like the lemon, the lemon scented cleaners you get, mm. right? Um, but and I think it's just because the alcohol is mi- mixing with this kind of sweet lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, but underneath that, there's a bit of maltiness as well, which kind of helps round it out. Um, yeah, let me let me just drink it instead of just yeah, snorting she, yeah. it like a fool. Yeah. Just just basically don't drink it all night. Just sit there and smell it the entire time. Oh, there are beer. I, I wanted to do that with the um, Vault City beers. I was going to say there are beers we've had recently that, that yeah. are basically that. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, down this the is. Sink and smell the bottle, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't pour it down the sink, does you'll have more of the scent to get? Surely it'll last long. No, doesn't doesn't go with my analogy here. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> what if the sink was your throat? I like that yeah. idea better. Yeah. Okay. I think I think there's some low budget uh, horror film that I'm like <laughs> channeling. Um, I'm glad you said horror, not something else there. So that's mm-hmm. a... hush now. This is a family friendly show. Oh, always, always, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking Christ, man. Um, this is a good beer. Good. I'm glad. How's that for a segue? <laughs> um, so it 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 definitely is doing the same thing as the nose, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. It's double dry hop, so you know you have the chance for maybe. <laughs> Sorry, the cat is yelling behind me. He's like double dry hop. Fuck you! <laughs> no, uh, you have the chance for um, you know for for the nose to be quite different from the taste just because of the dry hopping. Mm. Here, it's a little more malty, um, but it has that sweet lemon near the finish, and like it that lingers a bit. Um, but luckily, I think because um, because you've got the full body of this sort of thicker eight percent IPA, you're not getting that. I'm not getting that sweetness stuck with the lemon like I was in the nose, making it f- taste, taste you know remind me of cleaner. Mm. This is much more melded together. Okay. 
Um, so, and mm. I'd say the tropical notes, closer to passion fruit still, but like a little more just closer to generic. Yes, this is tropically without like a specific specificity of, oh, this is definitely this fruit. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's this like multi backbone. It's not like super forward, but it's just holding everything together. Everything's the fruit and citrus is kind of draped on it, if you will. Okay. Um, and I'm noticing as I've had a few sips and, and acclimatized with my palate, it's, it's definitely doing a lot of work here. Mm. And I think the, that's where the 8% is being hidden. It's just, it has a bit more of a, a thicker maltier taste. Yeah. Um, sense. and so you kind of just. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, yes, the sweetness of the alcohol is going with these, like, higher up notes. But this is sort of being subdued by by the maltiness. Mm -hmm. um, this is very refreshing. I, I, this is a very um, sunny day, but under the shade. Not a scorcher, but, like, uh, it's warm, it's hot. I'm not sweating bullets, but I'm sipping this really... Nice, cold, refreshing, mm. kind of so, thick. Something a little bit bigger as well. You can't, you can't just yeah. pound it back to kind of uh, to, to fully replenish after you know doing garden work or something like that. But it's a something to luxuriate over whilst it's lovely outside. Yeah, mm. couldn't have said it better myself. Good, nice. nice. And if I could, I wouldn't bother because you said it close enough <laughs> that it would just be boring. <laughs> um, what was what was it called? Genesee. Mm. Jealousy. Yeah, so this quite... was the weird one. So it's in quotes, Genesee, as in J-E-N-N-A-S-E-A. -E -E like Jenna and then the C, but it's all one word. Right, okay. I believe I've also had that beer. Mm. <laughs> mm. What do you think? Do you remember? I don't remember. Yeah. A lot of the polys, they make, they've been making a lot of them recently. A lot yeah. of them. I mean, I enjoy them all, but I don't think any of like stood out. They're all, I was gonna say, you know, very good, but they're all kind of similar. They're making a lot of IPAs at the moment. Yes, yeah. Uh, what I was gonna say is, this is very good, um, but it's it's very good in the way that, like, we kind of lament sometimes people not making a beery enough beer or experimenting too much, and this is like the other end of the spectrum, which is like, it's doing something. It's not just like quintessential IPA, but it's definitely mm -hmm. the point of this beer is to be like. A dry hopped IPA, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's 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 got you know these that that maltiness is like this is a beer, yes. a bit of you know tropicaliness. Well, I'm actually mostly surprised that like the, the lingering taste is almost a little sweet. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm just not having. There's obviously there's the bitterness from from the beer itself, but it's it's really light, and because mm. there's that sweetness on top, they kind of go together, and you so you don't feel like you're having like you know again like five years ago you couldn't have an, a sip of an IPA with having that like bitter finish and this is very much not that which makes it very drinkable at eight okay. percent but like ben said it's just got enough of a full body that i'm gonna it, it's like a casually sip beer and enjoy mm. nice yeah perfect. perfect i will say like a lot of the polys beers are reasonably priced probably a bit cheaper than mm. your average as well so yeah mm. definitely it's nice just to get a, you know really good high quality beer and even if the you know their range at the moment is mostly similar IPAs it's good that you, you know for a decent price you can just rely on them and mm. have a and to be honest, like beer for the buck yeah like going to the park or something or like a, a scorcher mm -hmm. and have it on the deck getting like a six pack of like different 
polys, but knowing that they'll all be kind of the same, which means your session's going to be, you know, riding fine. Mm. Like, that's also sounds like a great thing. And yeah, again, yeah. like you yep. said, the, the price is a really good thing for being able to also have that variety of taste. Nice. I, 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 Doing good I, work down there. I had, a, I had Monster Cat the other night, which I think is about mm. 7.5%, something like that. And that was really nice. Yeah. Very light. Very, very easy. So, yeah. Yeah. Solid. Solid IPA. So, cool. Um, so, this other half. Haven't had another half beer for a long time. We could probably go back and find out when it was, but, but who knows? Who knows? It's actually very light on the notes. I expected something mm-hmm. bigger, I think, because it's a double dry hopped... Uh, beer. It's very, very light. A little orangey in colour, but mm. nice, hazy, hazy beer. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. It's very smooth, right? And it's full of sort of fruit flavour. But there's just something a little bit sweeter in there as well. Almost a little bit sort of candy-ish. Yeah, oh, no, sort a... of sat in there as well. Um, hmm. It's not quite just, you know, it's not just a little bit of mango and a little bit of this. There's just something in there as well. I wonder if there's some kind of slightly candy elements hmm. coming from sort of like the esters or, or kind of, you know, from the, from the yeast that you've used or something like that. But that's really interesting because it... Kind of, it starts off very light, very smooth, very easy, and you think, yeah, it's just, just another fruity beer. And then suddenly there's just this little kind of candy kick to it. Like, ooh, ooh, that just lifts it just that little bit. Um, so, so it's, and you're like, it's, it's much more of a candied sweetness. So it's not like a, like you can get like a stewed fruit sweetness coming out, which, you know, is usually more like earthy or, or, mm. So for a it, it it does lean a little bit in that way with its with its fruits. It's almost a little bit of mm-hmm. maybe mm, something like papaya or something like that in there as well with maybe a little bit of mango. Something that mm. is just a little bit more kind of earthy, but it does and it, it makes you. This is why I think that I, I was surprised by it because it does make you think. Yeah, okay, I get it. It's it's going to go a little bit more stewed. It's going to go a little bit more earthy, but there is that candy sort of sweetness there as well which just sits on the tongue a little bit and kind of goes reasonably quickly it goes a lot quicker than the sort of the fruit flavors do Um, but it just picks it up again so when you think it's gonna get a little bit more dank and a little bit more bitter that sweetness just lifts it very slightly and it's a little fleeting so you're you come back down to those sort of earthier tropical fruits but yeah I mean, this is. How is this eight and a half percent? That's it's, there's nothing. There's nothing. It's hidden so much. Yeah. Hidden so well. Dangerously so. Like this is mm. this would be very very easy to neck. Um, Lucy, did you you say you had it recently? Do you, do you remember? remember? My my memory's getting worse. <laughs> I'm so poor. I might have that's had it fair. last week. I don't know. Had it twenty minutes ago. Just, I was just like, that's pictures. actually why she's not drinking now because she just pounded <laughs> one of those back. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. No, um, that's fair. No idea. That's fair. I might get a glass of water and just later and just check see if it's still there. Mm. But it's like Schrodinger's beer. <laughs> Is it there? Is it not? Who knows? Perfect. <laughs> nice. Um. 
Cool. So, uh, um, Adel, you and I, we've got our beers. We're all ready to go, I think. Um, would you like to start this week, Adel? Um, as you, you played a game which uh, um, you streamed earlier today. So it's fresh, fresh in the memory. Mm, sure, yeah. Um. Yes, I did. I played a game. It comes out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. It was key was provided by the publisher through Keymailer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's published by Tiny Build, um, which I like the stuff Tiny Build does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not played all of their things, but um, I'm trying to think of they what the last one. They do. Yeah. I think the last one actually, Ben, you and I streamed totally reliable delivery service, the beta of it. I yes. think at one point we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's my my like. It just happens to be the last tiny build experience I had. Um, mm-hmm. But the actual dev is Fluxscopic Limited. Interesting. And they're the guys who did Final Station. Yeah. Oh, is it? Really? Oh. Oh. I really Isn't like the Final like Station. Isn't there like a Final Station two coming? Hope oh, so. maybe not. It's no, really good game. it might be. I might be lying. It might be. Um, <laughs> no. Steam lying to me. Yeah, Steam lied to me. That's just a tiny build release from mm. a different set of devs. Because Steam is notoriously bad for clicking on developer and page, and if they don't have their own yeah, page, they'd the send you to the publishers. And I didn't double check, so oops, oops. <laughs> um, but also, that's a great example of a tiny build published game that we all like. Yes, <laughs> the final station. <laughs> we got there, folks. We got there. Um, yes. So this game is. Um, it's a like action-adventure puzzle platformer is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, action, well, yeah, adventure game puzzle platformer. So what was the name um, of it? Mayhem in Single Valley. Single Valley, right. Yeah, in this fast-paced, puzzle-loaded action-adventure, you'll juggle housework, zombie hordes, family dinners, and radioactive squirrels. Oh, and you have, have to prevent the end of the world while keeping everyone from finding out it was your fault. All your fault. Um, which... It wasn't. Someone just thought it was. Mm-hmm. So I, I hate when the log line is a lie. Just saying that. There's a way of writing that. that, that, that I mean, says, convin- you, you, you might get further into the story and find out and that find actually out it, was. It, it was from something random that the character had done six yeah. weeks ago. You know. Yeah. So so basically, you start out as this like red hooded character. It's like a sixteen bit ish pixel arty. Um, controller based, uh, you move around the room, uh, the world isometric almost, like not quite top, top yeah. down. Um, and you like interact with your family, it turns, and you get very quick vibes that like your dad's kind of a layabout drunk. Um, one of the first things you can do is go to the fridge and get beers, and if you throw a beer within eyesight of your dad, he'll get up and walk over to it and pick it up, That's which the is only a very. Way I get up. Yeah, it's a it, so it, it's a very well thought out way of introducing the main mechanic with enemies, which is you find out like so basically something and some sort of evil shadow being pours goop into the river, and then any animal who drinks it becomes a sort of purple uh beastie version of themselves, and they have attacks with glowing green eyes, and so they like frogs shoot out a big green bubble of gas you have to avoid. Um, 
a squirrel takes all your stuff when you're about to move away from college. It's the day you're leaving town. Um, anyway, so the way you can, basically the mechanic is you can either try and dodge their attacks, like learn their attacks with your jump and your roll and just movement. Um, or you can collect things like acorns. And if you throw an acorn or slingshot an acorn later, um, then all the squirrels that are within sight of that will stop at chasing after you and will go to the acorn first. Mm -hmm. Carrots for rabbits, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it, it didn't occur to me until after the stream that like the way they introduced this mechanic is by making your dad fetch beers mm. because you distract him. And then you can like, if you try and like read the TV screen to get the news, it won't let you because he'll get, say, get out of your way, get out of the way, but you can throw a beer and he'll walk over to it and then you can watch the TV. And that's actually how they like introduce the mechanic of throwing things, distract certain things if it's the right sort of thing, which is very clever. And I think that's basically what I liked about the game was there's very crisp writing. If the mechanic, like mechanically it feels pretty good, but it just, it's a neat world and an interesting story and like, if you end up watching the VOD, and Ben can attest, I kind of wasn't doing my usual, like, take a step back and, like, comment about the game and it's mm. what it's doing, what's not. I kind of just kind of got lost in playing. Yeah. Uh -huh. I was just playing a game for a couple hours on the internet, and I was like, oh, right. Uh, and luckily, Ben was there to, sh to point out all the weird missing clones, it turns out, of me. Oh, it's clones. Yeah, and according to, um, oh. yeah, something in the UI said clones, and I was oh. like, oh, okay. Which I, so, yeah, I don't know how long it is. Spent two hours, didn't wasn't rushing by any means. Uh -huh. Most of the puzzle solving was also, you know, like there's a part where the squirrel, you're trying to catch the squirrel, which has your backpack, and he's standing atop of a log, and you entered a logging camp, so you have to figure out how to, you know, get the saw blade from some other part of the forest and get gas from another part of the forest to, like, make the log cutting contraption work that will then knock over the, the, the tree that the squirrel is sitting on so you can get your backpack back. It's like that type of adventure gamey stuff, but it's 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 very literally like an adventure game with platformer mechanics. Like your, your navigation in the world needs some minor precision for like, especially if you are, when you, you're you on screen with these enemies, because it's like either, you, like I said, either you just load up on things to distract them and then walk, or you do what I did for most of the game, which was like abuse the dive roll and just try and learn their patterns and just forget about aiming things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you did a lot of defense. Mm. Yeah, well, it wasn't until the latter half hour that I had a way of actually doing the offense, and then I wasn't matching mm. the right things to the right animals. Yes, yes. A few times where I'm like, I'm going to F this thing up. It's like, magic thing. Nope, acorn is not the right thing for this thing, so it just flies right through them. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I don't want to spoil too much of the plot, but that's basically it. You're kind of just wandering around and like, then you meet a mad scientist tinfoil hat man who, and you discover like booze basically cures the weird, um, goop. Mm -hmm. So if a squirrel touches a goop, it becomes a rabbit squirrel who's trying to chase you down and attack you. If you hit it with a goop encrusted acorn, it'll turn back into a regular squirrel. A hooch, and so, a hooch encrusted. Hooch, yeah. Mm. Well, you know, it's uh, it's a disinfectant alcohol, so it's it. it's, it's, mm. it's true to the world. You know, if you if you're yeah. ill, just drink. You're fine. <laughs> yes, I, I really like but the yeah. uh, like tilt shift voxel look. That it has. Mm. It's, mm. It's, it's an it's, interesting it's, art style. Yeah, and it really looks easy. lovely. 
the the lighting works fantastically and there were some areas yeah. where um you know they they looked sort of like fully lit and then you'd go into a space which which wasn't and it was darker and they they played with that really well and then when uh, adult got up into that sort of logging camp area you could tell that it was sort of covered by sort of a canopy of trees because the the tone just dropped very slightly and it just just muted just a little bit which made it seem like it was a darker part of the world i i think they played with that kind of um uh, way to change the aesthetic very well so yeah it's a it's a very good looking game yeah yeah, yeah and I, I was gonna say so so there's like there's just enough physics in the game such that like you're pushing a log across a pit and if you don't push enough if if if, you, if it's not in the right spot like as soon as the halfway point ha- falls it'll start to fall and you can maybe grab it and save it versus just immediately lose it because it's not like a pre-rendered animation of mm-hmm. like now you've gone through this lose the thing um stuff like that and then and, and actually the lighting is 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 not like super baked in because like in the first you wake up in your bedroom and you can move you learn how to move furniture around and you turn on your table lamp and you can move it around and you can immediately see like when you're walking in front of it the shadows you cast etc and it just it's just like ben said just really well done and it's not in your face about all these things mm. they're just it's just clearly just a well-designed aesthetic um same thing with the enemies for the most part they're just like slightly bigger purple versions of the animal you'd think but then when their attacks come in they're much more dynamic but they're still like clearly hand-drawn animations that are put in the world kind of thing like i'm thinking of when the rabbit attacks it like teleports from where it is to where you are and does like a zigzag slashing thing Mm. which just reminds me of like some sort of like um vega attack or something like from from og street fighter just that like zigzag moves of old school games um really well like planned out animation but again in a seamless world uh i think the thing that it's hard to describe is just the tone of the game is silly yeah it's not super silly but like they're very it's basically like oh you're saving the world and oh i need to like you have to remember that like the first hour of the game is you collect all of the stuff in your in your house because you're about to go to college. So you need to find your savings. Your dad hid your his, hid your passport in his nightstand mm-hmm. uh, where it's there's a pint dad. of beer. Is this a cry for help? Uh, this game. Yeah. Well, th- th- there are a kind few of. comments um, yeah. When, yeah. when he's saying his goodbyes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Bit of social. So like, yeah. So like, it's it's when I say silly, I mean there there's there's jokes in it. Um, but like some of them are, are lighthearted, but the overall tone is kind of, I feel like it's aimed at, you know, our age group. And by that, I mean, uh, millennials, I guess, like there's some, a lot of references to like the, like the collectibles are all like a, like Mike Myers doll baseball cards, um, you know, goat man action figure, like stuff that like, yeah, so people, kids of the '80s and '90s would have grown, still grown up with, and mm-hmm. understand, goat, and that also, I mean, half man, half goat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, this is what I mean. So it's some of it is like direct man, references. Yeah, yeah. Some, and some of it is just Mike like, goat yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they said "sad Mike doll" or something like that, okay. right? Because <laughs> of copyright. But like, in so it's like got these nostalgia beats. It's got some silly humor, but it also has like. This is what a bad household like you are going to college and you're not like your low socioeconomic status and not sure how bad your relationship with your dad is, but he's definitely not the, ba- the best mm-hmm. like and it's all done sort of 
casually in the background because uh, yes. that's not the point. But just it, it it makes it clear that they're they're aiming not at a certain audience. But then there's also like you go you meet a guy who's like, "Help me! Uh, I lost my swimsuit when the thing's attacked." And then you go into his trailer, and the first thing you see is like, uh, "What was it? Oh, um, skinny dipping annual magazine." <laughs> and then you go three feet to the left, and it's skinny dipping monthly. Skinny dipping weekly, <laughs> skinny dipping daily. At the very edge of his trailer is skinny dipping minute yep. magazine, <laughs> and it's very stupid and silly. And then you and you and so you end up finding like pants, right? And you go take it to them, and then you see this guy with, with this like handlebar mustache. Again, he's a like sixteen bit sort of. I would say what like fifth of the screen tall kind of thing like that's the sort of scale so he's just a bit taller than you and he runs into his trailer and you can follow him and then he's just do he's just got his hands up and he's jumping on the bed yeah <laughs> and that's it that's all he does and like it turns out there was no like extra there was no item you got from him or whatever you just found this nudist some pants and he and he's now hiding from the squirrels by jumping on his own bed well, so like it's silly yeah right it's my kind of stupid that i enjoy yeah. yeah, and so that's what I mean. It's not. It's not like off the. It's not like we're so random. It's, not it's like just edgy like or edgelord mm, kind of thing. Yeah, it's just mm -hmm. a bit of silliness. Yeah, and then there's like another that you and you meet other guys who seem to be probably nudists or just guys who like swimming in very little. Like that, you've seen a couple of those, and you're yeah. just like, okay, I get what you're doing. This is silly. I I don't mind this. You don't want to swim in that goop in the nude though. Oh, there's there's a waterfall. Which okay. is fresh water, so it's not oh, gooped, good. and then that's, yeah. And that's how they introduce the two different types of waters. There's a guy swimming, and, and he's just like, <laughs> water's great, guy! And actually, it, it, it does it quite well in the way that where the waterfall comes down at the, as kind of this, not quite the background of the area, and then flows into the to the water, you can kind of see then the flow of the water, because it comes down, and then there's the sort of crescent where it's mm -hmm. clean water and then where the sort of the toxic water is hitting it and you know that that's the run of the water so the toxic water is yeah. kind of still and stagnant and this is okay. where the sort of the fresh water is running yeah. like there's a lot of detail in this which mm -hmm. works very very well um, and, and a lot of work has gone into kind of building the assets and um, the way that and actually the engine presented right? yeah and, and within whatever engine they've used absolutely that that it it looks fantastic and lots of stuff in there is kind of just set dressing but it still has a depth to it and it still kind of does something or operates there was a generator sat by a house and we were thinking mm. this must do something it wasn't it's just a generator you can see the fan swishing around there's a sound to it and it was like and vibrating was it. yeah and that was it it did have a collectible on top it, it did yeah but that was kind like of, a lot of the collectibles are just anything. like go off the beaten path s m tiny amount of jumping puzzle or just like you'd see it's like the very standard like oh you might not have known you could go this way then it's really accessible or you could probably go this way oh but you're gonna might need maybe drag a thing mm. to jump on mm -hmm. a thing to get a thing um did you not ever play the tourist um tourist with a y instead of an no, i no i don't think so I, I think it came to game pass last year Mm -hmm. It seems similar to this, like voxely, very good, like attention to detail, slight puzzle 
platformer adventure kind of mm. game-ish. It seems very similar. I don't know this one. Oh, um, yeah, it, was, it was. It's a good four hours. Um, I think I played it last year because he's going to like different like Mediterranean like islands. It was just like really ah. it made you feel like you were abroad when you're really in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's yeah. good. I mean, that sounds great. That's exactly it's what we're um, yeah, at the good. moment, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so this is one of those things where, like, I know I'm going to play this again. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I say, I say, I rarely, I rarely say this about the games I play, and that's not because I play bad games. It's just like you know, there's there's a bit of the churn of the week to week first looks, and there's also the games I'm like playing for fun, not for out of lives. This is one that like. Like I said, midway through the stream, I'm like, oh, I'm just playing this. Mm. It's been an hour and I didn't even notice. Like, I, I want to do more. And, like, I also did classic, oh, right, controllers. It's been a while. I'm kind of not accurate with this. Like, Aspen, there's some deaths that were just like, really? <laughs> oh, there's also, like, an upgrade system of okay. gear. Like, you have, you can, you can upgrade. So, basically, there's these, like, Dudes in red hoodies like you mm-hmm. around the world, and like you, they're usually in peril in some way, some way, and you have to figure out how to save them. And they give you duct tape, and then you can upgrade um, your shoes, your which make your speed, swim speed, land speed, and then when it gets past the first level, also dodge speed up. And then you've got your backpack, which is your carrying capacity, uh, and your you can grab trash can lids, and they're literally just a shield. So okay. if you muck up, um, it's your free instead hit. of dying, it's a free hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can upgrade that to get more and more carry more trash can lids. Um, and then there's your slingshot, which you don't even get until about say forty minutes into the game. Probably. Yeah, if not an hour, maybe yeah. more. Yeah, if not an hour. Um, and that that and I mean that comes with being able to once you find the cure, it's basically how you give the cure. Um, but before you learn that you the hooch is magic, there's no no reason why like throwing a thing versus slingshotting a thing ma- means anything. Yes. Um, yeah. The other thing I would say is just it's pretty good at checkpointing. It auto saves a lot, but like when you die on screen, you get hit by an attack. It res- resets you to the last major thing that happened. So sometimes you're like halfway through a puzzle and you die, and it's like oh I have to do the whole puzzle. But actually, often it's like you go b- back and you're like oh actually. Three quarters of the puzzle has actually been done. I just was worried that the, I just have to redo the last quarter. So I didn't. The one time where I was like dreading it, it turns out that's what happened. I was like, oh, okay. So it's it's usually quite forgiving, um, which is good because when you when you decide to you know overthink things on of it, you know, <laughs> scream through a platforming thing the first time and then take seven times to figure out how you did it the first time. It's it's really quick on reloads because obviously it's a low overhead thing. Um. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I that, that that's basically. I think I've covered all the things. It's sort of hard yeah. to describe why what what makes it good, except it's the polish. It's I, what I really like actually is that it is a platformer in some like strongly in some respects. Like you de- ha- like to get through certain parts, you have to be able to do the dodging, etc. Mm-hmm. To get through certain puzzles, you have to get the jumping platforming. It's not like super difficult, um, and then it's a puzzle adventure game in the sense of there's these again not super difficult do a little lateral thinking you know wedge the log under the trunk of the car once you move it enough and then you can cross the area but if you don't wedge it on the car the log tips that was that was a ben help out move um but what i found really interesting was when it was like a slightly tougher puzzle and then i went back to platform space i would die Mm. 
like I could I could feel my brain not switching gears quick enough if that makes sense yes which I found really interesting but it was just like oh yeah I've just been doing puzzling and I was like oh shit I need to remember how to jump <laughs> like there was a, like like a 10 minute period where I forgot there was a roll <laughs> just forgot that there was a roll to dodge it's easy to Get do yeah yeah. yeah, I I've, um, was also kindly given a code by the publisher, mm. so it's downloaded, and let's start that tomorrow. Nice, excellent. Yeah, I'm curious what your where your thoughts will be. Yes, mm. perfect, good, uh, nice. So that was uh, mayhem in Single Valley. Yeah, mm. which seems... yeah, you're supposed to be going to college in the city in a very standard video game tropey thing. Yeah, uh, it'd be finally interesting what. Single Valley sort of suggests. I don't know. Just seems a bit more suggestive than just being a name for it, but it may just be a name for it, I guess. Maybe. Who knows? When when either of you have run all the way through, you'll be able to come back with the theories on what this game is trying to say. Whether it mm. was you who caused all or the character that caused all of this. And so yes, I'm sure it's something we'll return to oh. uh, and have a little bit more chat on at some point. Top tip: You probably don't need to keep the dog that you got from the uh, the ball you got from the dog. You're probably just wasting an inventory slot. <laughs> okay. As we said, you kept it for sentimental value, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very bad at doing that stupid stuff with games. Just like, meh, it's taking up a spot, but you know, the worst was um, Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMO. Hmm. Um, because like the quest line for the Jedi Knight or whatever, the like light side Jedi was the way you get your lightsaber, like the end of the first planet, you you build your lightsaber because that's what Jedis do, right? But they make it so over the top that you like find an, an ancient temple no one's seen before and you find this thing and it is the case of the original first lightsaber. And then you build a lightsaber, and you're like, I have remade the first lightsaber. I'm that badass. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the disconnect of MMOs is like, and everyone else who says Jedi Knight on their character has done the same thing. Um, but then when it came to be, like, upgrading, it's like, this is, like, real important archaeological find. <laughs> and you're giving me, like, upgrade. 10 bucks for it. So I'll just keep it in my bank because, I mean, this is, this is important. <laughs> It, does, it means nothing in the game mechanics way, but like the way I, yeah. the, me as the character is like, I can't sell this. That's it. And it, it, games do quite well at signposting a lot of this these days, where you get like rusty knife or mm. absolutely shit axe, and it's the starting weapon, and you know, yeah, as soon as I get something, that one's gone. Um, they, I think they picked up quite quickly that um, players do put value in items especially starting items mm -hmm. if you've used it for a little bit of time and then only then it's kind of upgraded it a little bit so mm. nice good um yeah they, see if, but if if they had given me fisher's price baby's first lightsaber mm -hmm. sold it in a flash yeah, exactly they'll make it the most important lightsaber in history it's only a, it's only one foot long your mm. reach with it's really limited You've got to kind of stand yeah. away from enemies and do this Wave it at them. Yeah. Baby's first lightsaber. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I won't go into... I was going to say just like the Old Republic being Baby's first MMO. But we won't go into that. I haven't played that game for a very long time. I don't know what it's like these days. So I'll leave it. Is it still on? 
I mean, must I think it is still going. I think it's free to play these days. Hmm. Um, so some people play it still. Sure, cool. Yeah. Anyway, Let's move. that's minimal valley. What was it called again? I've already forgotten. Mayhem in single valley. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why my brain cannot hold that string of syllables well. Like even on the stream, I was just like, oh. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I think you just called it mayhem. In the end, for for yeah. much of it. Nice, cool. Um, I have a game. Um, mm. I should talk about. It's something I th- I've been kind of putting off talking about because I wanted to spend more time with it. Uh, it's called Warzone and End. Oh shit! An End Apart. Is that what it's actually called? No. Who's End Zone? Yes, a world apart. End zone, a world apart. There we go. I'm getting confused now. I'm getting just said. with all of these words. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Is it all the Call of Duty one? There, uh, yeah. There's so <laughs> many. Think you're thinking of Warframe? That free-to-play shooter? Oh, it's John Madden's Warframe. John Madden's Warframe, yes. <laughs> um, so, end zone. Um, it's a city builder, right? A game, a, a, a genre of games I absolutely love. Um, and I've, as I say, I've been putting off talking about this game because I've kind of wanted to give it a little bit more time. I've wanted to give it a little bit more to to kind of grow on me. Um, um, we got a code through Press Engine. It's from um, Gently Mad Studios and Ensemble Entertainment. Um, it kind of tries to change the city builder genre a little bit by essentially making it more sort of survival based so it's kind of this post-apocalyptic mm. world there's been like nuclear war and you are a group of people who have to build a new city and go about doing so in a pretty standard sort of way you know, you build houses for families, you build farms, uh, you have to collect water, uh, you have to collect different resources to create different items, and that allows you to kind of upgrade things and move through sort of the buildings. Um, but it, it, it throws in a few different things. So there's this idea that there's kind of like like acid rain and stuff. So... It makes it a little bit more kind of survivally, but mm. it feels a bit just kind of um, just like another layer to stuff. Like it doesn't really feel like there's a huge amount kind of going on with that aspect to change up this uh, kind of gameplay too much. Because all you do is collect some stuff and make uh, um, like hazmat suits or, or, or masks mm. and stuff instead. So it kind of just turns it more into another resource that you sort of have to manage to be able to uh, um, to, to survive. I think its closest game is something like Banished, which I absolutely loved because Banished took the city builder thing and was like, "Hey, you're a group of settlers, but like you guys, like there are people. You have people, and they can die." So you, it's a game over if all of your people die. Well, you know, you get down to like the last bloke and they can't reproduce with anybody. Then as soon as they die of old age, that's it. Settlement is, is over. And this is a similar sort of thing. Um, and I find with these kinds of games, you're tr- 
trying to kind of min-max stuff constantly. You're trying to balance these resources that you've got. You're trying to balance kind of the people against the jobs that they can have, making sure that you don't go like, well, I can have 10 people collecting water, but there's no point in having 10 people collecting water because five of them are stood around doing nothing because the ginormous uh, like water tank I've got is already full. And you, you kind of play through the systems and the jobs and the different uh, um, levels of people that you can have like constantly and one step that Endzone takes a little bit further than something like Banished is that you can see the path that people are taking so you can see that this person who is I don't know water collector number one will walk this way and this way over to the little collection station of the lake they'll walk back and go over to where you store the water they'll then walk over to the storage room because they need some food or they need a new tool or they need something else and it kind of felt a little bit like i'm again min maxing all of these resources but then trying to optimize the path of all of these people <laughs> and it wasn't very fun <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh no! Well, yeah. It, it, oh, I think I picked the mic. I was so distracted. It, it felt just a little bit too much, like I was leaning into the systems and trying to manipulate them as best I could mm -hmm. for the best kind of outcome, rather than being like, "Hey, I just build some houses over here, and I'll just do this." And again, on these systems, like houses had a. Oh, what word did they use? Uh, I don't remember. It's like an aesthetic value. So as soon as you put them next to like a manufacturing place, mm -hmm. then they weren't quite as good or they, they, they had a minus value to something that was over here, kind of in the forest, away from all of that sort of thing. Yeah. I didn't really see how that impacted on the kind of the inhabitants or their productivity or that kind of stuff. But there's there's something else in there. Um, and, and, and again, this is why I say I think I want to give it a little bit more time because it seems that there are kind of systems on systems on systems here. Lots of stuff to take in. Lots of things to consider. Lots of stuff to balance out. But it, in the, at least in the... I've, I've played like 20 hours maybe. And at least... It's a lot of hours. At least in that. Oh, it's some some yeah. of those I did... Um, it was paused for maybe two or three of those. So I've probably realistically played like 16 or 17, let's say. Still, still um, a bit. I, it yeah. is doesn't feel like a fair bit for a city builder. True, but... These are games which eyes, you kind of... I mean, one of the in reasons my eyes, play. 10 minutes for a city builder is <laughs> usually enough for me, so... Yeah. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. And there's, there's, you know, there's lots of good stuff going on. I really like the aesthetic. It lives somewhere yeah, in between um, uh, Mutant Year Zero. Uh, um, it's, it's, you know, it's not kind of like your Fallout post-apocalyptic kind of thing. It's a little bit more yeah. um, sort of ramshackle, I suppose, than that. But I, then I there's. I was about to say it looks like a. I was going to say it looks like Fallout, like oh, you know, old school yeah. CRPG kind. Of yes, yeah, yes, like, Fallout like, like original Fallout. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Not like the yeah. more sort of modern versions. Yes, yes completely, completely. But uh, uh, the music also evokes um, a little bit more of an ethereal tone to it. So actually, the music is really similar to something like Eve Online. Um, 
and there's there's not a disconnect in between kind of this ethereal um kind of like floating through space kind of tone to the music versus this very grounded very cobbled together um aesthetic to kind of the build and it's it's you know it's a dirty kind of world and all that sort of stuff um but i find my found myself kind of just sitting not really doing anything just watching my people going back and forward moving across their roots just listening and sitting chilling out to the sort of like the music for a couple of minutes before thinking oh okay actually i need to i need to do this i need to either build a hospital or i need to do this kind of thing oh that sounds really good i mean so that part of it is good um but then you you're you're brought back into the what are my checklist of things that i need to do to have a successful city and for it to keep going well i need a hospital because of x or i need some another production plant which makes plastics because of this and you it really does i don't know whether i've just fallen out with these games because um hey <laughs> not to take it on too much of a tangent but um i was playing a lot of city skylines for a while and i just haven't gone back to that game for some time now two years maybe 18 maybe months something like that yeah you're i was like, like uh, well close. sorry i mean 17 years under lockdown <laughs> i just mean like i remember I, I know you haven't mentioned it since like before lockdown mm. which is kind of surprising given that like obviously you are more prone to play games be stuck indoors etc yes yeah completely and you never seem to want to go you, you didn't seem to have that drive to play yeah I, I absolutely and i think this um this just shows that i think i'm not done with the with the genre but i'm just not in the space to to want to play these games and uh, um you know I, I anytime i'm offered a code for a game like this i will say yes absolutely because i know i like this genre of games but I'm looking for something that is very different. I'm looking for something that will just t- that will do something else that will take me out of this kind of very generic space that this is in. And, and Endzone is trying to do something else. It's, it's 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 trying to be a little bit more survival, but it's not really anything that kind of Banished hadn't done already. Which again is another game I've sunk a lot of hours into. Um, Banished is like a nuts amount of hours. What's banished? How do I get to my library page? I think I have banished on GOG. I don't even Mm. know if I have it on Steam. So you can tell I like these kinds of games. Uh, City Skylines, 208 hours. Civilization 5, 189 hours. Civilization 6, 159 hours. Banished, 129 hours. Endless Legend, 93 hours. (laughs) Going between that 4x... (laughs) city builder kind yeah. of thing that's a lot of time and, and yeah, I, I, I can't see myself playing much more of um end zone uh really I, but is that just because you won't be able to find it in your steam out library after today <laughs> maybe. Or is, uh, maybe that's it yeah. i'll tell yeah i'll just just have to type in zone something to do with zones right green hill zone labyrinth zone hey. Who, who knows? <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. Is it that the mechanics? So, actually, I guess two questions. So, it sounds like mechanically it's just not quite, or you're not quite gelling with its loops mm-hmm. in the same way, like City Skylines. 
from what I recall, it would, was doing a lot more like things about how cities are built, like much more like zoning, much more and urban planning. planning and yes, urban yes. planning. Yeah, that's the term I was looking for. Versus like most of these city builders are very much like build a road, zone it, mm-hmm. make residential area, like SimCity, like, like you Sim know, City. mostly still like yeah, yeah. the the engine of uh, the egg. Um, now the selling point of uh, World of Ezio, or whatever this is called, um, is um, the most apocalyptic thing. Now, do you think that's actually making it worse? Like, because the things you have, because everything is broken and run down, you don't have as much advancements or whatever. I don't think it's making it worse. So, again, I will bring it, oh, I just, I will, I will yeah. bring it back to Banished, which was a kind of medieval set thing you know you were a group of um, settlers that had left your town for whatever reason and everything was kind of very um, like timber huts um, mm. uh, you know uh, thatched cottages and that sort of kind of thing and I think the the um, post-apocalyptic aesthetic on this is very nice it looks beautiful but I think it's just another system on top it's just another thing to have to manage it's like yeah, you need to put filters. You need to build filters and put them in on your water, otherwise your Sorry, more, water might I mean, get contaminated, right? Yeah, that's what I meant. Was like, what was the like the mechanics mm. of that? To that match the setting, it kind of it just feels like rather than being like accelerating it forward, making you like the loop. Is it? It sounds more like it's in the way. Yeah, it, it feels like it's just like one more step. So rather than just being like, hey, I can build this new building, or hey, I can do this new thing, it's just like, oh, mm. but first I have to make sure that my water is clean. Just okay, done. I've, I've, I've spent the five minutes it takes to do this, and it is now done. And until I grow a little bit bigger and have to then think about the next stage of that, that mm. is that I can ignore that completely. And there's other, oh. there's other stuff in this that, uh, you know, once you, once you set it up, it, it it kind of just goes as long as as long as the you've got enough and you're balancing your people as a resource enough to be like well that person died of old age but there's another person who is unemployed who can just swoop straight into that job and kind of do that so there's no misstep there a lot of those systems or a lot of the resources will just kind of nicely tick up and there's other stuff you know you can send people out on scouting missions to go and look in kind of existing buildings and you collect scrap the, the world is full of scrap like people left their shit everywhere uh, um, but it's just again it's just another resource it's just another thing to have to do and it doesn't really do much more for me than just hit the general notes of this and be like yeah it looks pretty it's got a very very good soundtrack cool so yeah, I, I want to put more time into it. I want to see if this goes any deeper, but I don't know whether I will. I think sixteen hours is even for city builders a fair shake. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that you were saying is is worth keeping in mind is it doesn't sound like you're in the mood for this type of yes. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In which case, there's no point in like. Doing that seventeenth hour until you're yeah, in the mood, like, like I completely like, like we have, and I know you get like we all have this problem of like inertia of a game, where you, you end up spending a few extra hours just because I've put these in, like some sunk cost fallacy, mm. some inertia, and actually with a city builder, that's a lot of extra hours because as you said, the like timeline of city builder time is like elongated, yes. so then your sunk cost or your inertia can be like another <sighs> ten hours looking to see if you want to spend the 90 and it's like 
if you do, you'll come back to it. And if you don't, it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Right? But, like, I think it, w it would be interesting to be like, oh, you like, you sit down, and you're like, oh, what game do you want to play? And you're like, oh, I'll play some City Skylines. And, and then that's the moment when you're like, oh, maybe I'll go back to that. Yeah. Like, that would be an yeah. interesting time to, like, revisit it when you know you're in the mood for one of those rather than sort of completely I, I, i'm here now yeah. rather than me wanting to go and play like stranded deep or continue a little bit of gray or something like that instead yeah i need to be mm. in that kind of in that mood but it has made me think that maybe i should have tried Frostpunk uh whenever <laughs> it came out like two oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. years that's or so it, ago um, that's why that's probably yeah. on game pass i mean it might be i'll i'll, I'll take a look i think it but... actually has already left game yeah. pass. <laughs> all right okay Interesting. Came and went in the time I've had a subscription. Yeah. I've just ignored it. Um, yes, yeah, it, it did make me think maybe I should try Frostpunk. Uh, but again, I need to be in that headspace to want to do this. And whilst my, I think that's part of why I like City Build is it's kind of a little bit of my it's it's a little bit of my job, but a gamified kind of version of it. So when I'm, you know, I need to be in a certain kind of place within my work to then think, I want to then do this in my spare time. And right now, when I'm just hammered with work, that's kind of not the thing I'm looking for yeah. in my time when I'm not working. Mm. Whereas if I'm doing, you know, Project X, and I'm, I'm loving it, and it's really enjoyable, and I'm like, yeah, I just want to keep, I want to keep that feeling up. This is, you know, that's when I go and play a city builder game. When I'm like, yes, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing right now. Um, whereas at the moment with work, not to get too personal, there's a lot of it, and it's not that I'm mm. not enjoying it. It's just that it's it's got to be done, <laughs> just churned out, yeah, and just smashed through. So it's like, right, I would I do enjoy this, but hammer it. I do enjoy this. I, there's no extra little flourish I can give to things at the moment. There's no extra time I can just go. Well, I could give this an extra half a day, you know, just 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 to try and tease out a few more things. It's like, no, I got to nail it right now and get it done. So I, I think, yeah, in there, in the headspace that I'm in, this yeah. kind of genre of game is is kind of not quite what I want. So we'll see. Perfectly we'll see if we ever talk about it again. Maybe. End zone. End zone. A world apart. Nice. Uh, Assassin's the, Creed. The, the world of Ezio. Yes. <laughs> Good. Cool. Um, I, I, there's lots of other things for us to talk about this week, I believe. But should we have another beer? Yeah, sounds mm, good. Amazing. What are you drinking uh, now, Adol? Or what are you, not now, you, you may still have the polys that you're drinking right now, but what are you going to open as your second no, beer? No, I've done the polys. Cool. Uh, I have this beer. It is Midnight Mischief, the Nitro Milk Stout from Siren. Ooh. Uh, <clears throat> So it's a 4.7% ni uh, nitro milk stout. So like I, I did have the, um, I did have the one thing of like going from an eight to a 4.7, but like, it's a it's a milk stout versus a IPA. Um, but yes, the midnight mischief. It's creamy mocha notes aplenty in this sessionable milk stout. Midnight Mischief has been given the nitro treatment, resulting in a smooth, thick-drinking dark beer perfect for the winter months. Roasty malts bounce with lactose sweetness as nutty praline and vanilla Ooh. flavors hover beneath the surface. Pour hard and fast for the full cascade effect. Um, 
yeah, so it's a 4.7%. Um, I am a little worried about uh, my sleep tonight. <laughs> uh but yeah it's uh yeah so it's it's a little i got it i think on sale through one of the one of my online shipments because it's you know it's clearly a more wintry thing mm -hmm. but uh you know me i like my stouts yeah absolutely uh and it's, it's basically it was like oh i've been sitting on this for a while the weather's actually starting to turn it's been a rainy day this seems great second beer kind of colder uh and also yeah yeah but, that's fair Absolutely. Um, that, that, so that's me. That nitro will just, I mean, it says pour hard and fast. That nitro will just, you would think, a little widget. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Look at that. What a lovely if pour. that isn't my best fucking pour, pour on camera. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so, so uh, people, viewers, I can pour beer reasonably well. I always pour purely be poorly on camera because of the like eye level thing and today was the day i realized i can roll back and then be like just under eye level and it made the world a difference so if you have to performatively pour make sure it's uh you know shoulder level or below because that's the standard pouring and just change the perspective of the camera <laughs> that's it Makes it a lot easier. Nice. Good. Or don't overthink all of the yes. things and just pour a fucking beer. Um, I'm also <laughs> going to have a stout. Um, mm, it's a little bit bigger, though, at 10%. Um, it's called... Oh, a real And it's stout. a 500ml bottle as well. Uh, this is Iceman... It's not a contest. This is Iceman Interview from Malt Garden. Um, it's a chocolate ice cream imperial stout with cocoa... Cocoa nibs and vanilla and milk sugar. Sorry, the and and the and put me off uh, rather than it being a, a comed thing. Hmm. Uh, I don't know why. Um, but Malt Garden are... Oh, shit, where are Malt Garden from? I've had a beer from Malt Garden before. Um, might have been in, like, our end-of-year show. Um, I think it might have been. I, I vaguely recall. Which was, which was a stout, I believe, as well, but was, like, a chilli stout. Um, so this is a little bit different um, from what I've had from them before. Vanilla, milk, sugar, cocoa nibs. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all oh, yeah, I sounds get pretty good. from it. Um, contains malt, barley, rye, flaked oats, lactose. Doesn't tell me anything else. That's fine. You know, pretty chill. No ball. Hmm. So, yeah. I really like the um, like courier style um, typewriter font of the malt mm. carton uh, on the banner below. Yes. Like it's just such a nice, simple, yeah, clear thing. Cool. Iceman interview. Iceman interview. Yes. Who knows with beer names these days? What mm. any of them even mean? Uh, Lucy, uh, you you went to get yourself a uh, a water. Did you have a quick look and see if the the other half had been? Drank, or if you had oh, yes, it, yes, or... yes, because I had to to go downstairs to help mom with something. Um, it's not there, so I must have drank. It. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I did have a check. I mean, fair. Is that it? No. <laughs> it was another pink can. Mm, nice. So, um, Adol, why don't we we come back to your beer for what it tastes like? You're drinking for Lucy, the uh, Midnight Mischief from Siren. Yes, the nitro milk sour, which stout. Yeah, I said sour. Mm. Yeah, definitely did. <laughs> definitely, I, 
It's lost it. It's I looked. The thing is, I looked at the polys, which isn't a sour, but my brain said sour is based on the tin. It's got this like leafy. It doesn't matter. No one needs to know the weird intricacies of how my brain makes false connections. <laughs> Nose wise, oh god, that's such a luxurious coffee. Um knows um first of all like you can see it's obviously this like deep rich stout mm -hmm. um yeah super um clingy that's, lacing that's the heads nice. lasted a while it's probably gone from a full finger to about three quarters of a finger actually because there's just the lacing is making it look like it's a little thicker mm -hmm. um the uh the nose is is luxurious it's just like that lactose is giving just a hint of sweetness such that the raw coffee notes that are coming it's just a hint of also biscuity malt um it's just really well rounded this taste like this smells like uh just a, a little too deep like the alcohol is being betrays it but like it smells like a um a really rich coffee with a couple sugars in it and and a milk like a like a like a white coffee with with maybe a sugar mm. in it and the, it's the the sugars the alcohol part mm -hmm. coming a little off of the nose oh wow so the the oh wow was is super wet it's super thin i was expecting thick viscous especially mm -hmm. with the way the head was clinging to the glass it's this is thinner than the um, double dry hop double IPA I just had. Okay. In viscosity. Um, which is dangerous. Oh, it's 4%. 4.7%. Which is dangerous because I can easily just keep going back. I'm like, oh, right. It's literally a sessionable milk stout. That's that's the thing that's throwing me off. So this is the problem of, of, of doing it in the standard, like, ale than stout order, but having almost double the alcohol, mm. the ABV mm. on the first yeah. one. Um, it looks like a good stout. Such was my gamble. It is very good. Look at it. Yeah, it looks good. Oh, and this is the thing. This is a four point seven percent stout, mm -hmm. and I think the four point seven is only obvious because it's thin. And I wouldn't even think I would notice that regularly if I didn't have like just a a heftier beer before. Yeah. Um, but you're getting kind of what I said on the nose. Um. Just again, it's a it is a little light. This is this is not a heavy tasting thing, but it is a sort of burnt, malty coffee forward stout. Um, what's nice though is basically what the lactose is doing by is making up for that lack of ABV. Mm -hmm. It's rounding out the stout. So so like we've had, you know, even a five percent ABV. Uh, stout i think all three of us have have in the past couple months said like oh if only it was a little more just because it doesn't feel full enough mm. the the lactose is just there's just enough lactose that's giving a roundedness to uh rounded sweetness without making it taste like a milk stout so this is actually just like well calculated uh at least on my palate in that it's not like oh this is a milk stout it's like a oh this stout tastes fuller because there's a sweetness that's not the actual sickly sweetness that I'm used to and looking for for a stout, but it's playing a reasonable role, and it's not. There's not too much of it that I can immediately tell the difference. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the the I think also the, just the the very coffee forward notes are like 
making it easy to sort of miss where what the sweet is doing. Um, yeah, it's it's very good. It's very drinkable. Um, I think if I had had this first, I would have been like, could I have another one before I go to the yeah. next beer? <laughs> just because I think this will disappear because it's just, especially coming off of a heavier beer, this is, it, it's like very light and drinkable, but also it's doing the stuff I like about stouts, but at like maybe... 66% of like in your faceness. Hmm. So it's doing all the things. It doesn't feel weak. It's just light. It's just like, oh, I could I could easily have two of these in short succession because I'm not my palate isn't just getting hit with these coffee, these roasted notes in the same way that like heavier stouts do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, let's see for me then. With with a heavier or at least a higher ABV stamp. That nose is nuts, right? Like it's, oh, nuts! Hey? Well, it is nuts. Hazel, it is nuts. Peanut? It is nuts. It's very, very. It, it says it's 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 cocoa nibs, vanilla, milk sugar, but it mm. smells very kind of hazelnutty. Okay. And that's that's really? not in the like like. But you're you're thinking like at all. like hazelnut pump in a in a latte or well, like hazelnut I've never like, had a hazelnut pump in a in a coffee okay. before so i don't know Fair. so basically so it must be the nuts. is it like nutella hazelnut or is it like it's, raw, it's no it's raw. a bit more i'm not getting much chocolate not on the nose at least um it, it looks right. at least the way it poured very very thin there's no head on this whatsoever um let's just jump jump in i will stop interrupting you yeah like roasted nuts Getting the roast from the coffee. Mm, it's absolutely roasted nuts. Absolutely, mm. definitely getting a lot of coffee in there. Tons of it. Tons of it. It's a little bit burnt. Okay. Just this this kind of slight, slightly more bitter kind of edge to it, even though it's got vanilla and milk sugar. What's milk sugar? Mm. Is that like? A bit of acridity that that you're getting, like from that burntness. That's where the bitterness is coming maybe, from. Maybe, maybe. But it's mm. currently like it, it does have that slight sweetness to it. it does have a little bit okay. of a sweetness to it. Yeah. That kind of comes right at the start. It does edge through just, but it fades very, very quickly. That sweetness, and that you know moves into a more roasted kind of feel, which then moves into a slightly more bitter, burnt kind of feel to it. But it's very nice. I actually really like that flow okay. of flavours. And it does leave a little bit of a bitter, slightly more acridic kind of aftertaste to it. But that is balanced out by this kind of roasted note, which does feel very hazelnut. There's, there's, there's no way of kind of around that it mm-hmm. does feel very. Uh, it does taste like hazelnuts. Okay. Um, again, it's not an adjunct. It's not anything on the thing that they've oh. they've put in, but just the combination you of what they've given yeah, to me is is very sort of hazelnut. But it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. It sits quite a while. It's not dry. The flavour lingers quite nicely. Fades as well. It's not like now oh, it's gone. It fades, mm. so that hate. I'm still getting that roasted flavor to it, 
and even now it just sits it just sits very nicely fades very softly um but i don't think there's much more to say about it that's kind of what it does and that is all it does really um it hides that 10 percent i i said how well that last bit hid the eight odd percentage that it was there's no way you're getting 10 percent from this It's a little bit more oily than the um, mm-hmm. sort of the movement of the liquid suggests. Very velvety, very smooth. You've poured. You're 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 muted. Sorry, mine looks like you're the ten. My phone vibrated because I forgot to turn it off, and so I like did the the slam and then turned it off and forgot. To, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, uh, embarrassment. Uh, cut this from the pod, uh, pod editor. You're not going to. I know, but. Um, yeah, so mine looks like the bigger beer is what yes. I was trying to say. Like, the because mine has a head and it clings and yours has none, it just, like you said, it looks like, it just looks like flat cola almost. It, it, it does. It moves like that as well. It, it, it's Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the, the, it, for 10%, the way you're swishing it, it doesn't seem that viscous, yeah. even without head. Like, your head's really good to, like, see that because of the contrast. Mm-hmm. But it still looks really light and thin. Yeah, I mean, I tap the top of my glass. You might just catch it. A few bubbles around the edge. It fizzed very slightly. But that's it. That is really all it it had to it. I mean, it does look thin. But it's not not at all. Uh, Nice, medium, velvety, oily kind of body to it. Mm. I think 500 mils. Is going to disappear very, very quickly. And <laughs> it's even, I said the last bit was dangerous. This is even more dangerous. This is just... This is danger. It shouldn't be called Iceman interview. It's just called danger with an exclamation mark after the end. I mean, it's because, I mean, Iceman takes the highway to the danger zone. <laughs> That's true. Holy shit. I go, done. Hey, there's cuts and then there's deep cuts. Um... <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect uh, let's drink yeah. these beers let's enjoy them let's talk a little bit more about games um uh, before lucy we jump into uh the game you'd like to talk about i thought maybe i'd briefly just bring up again gree uh because i played it on stream for uh, a couple of hours uh, both of you have played it mm. we talked about it before on the podcast but what a fantastic little game uh, oh, what right. a beautiful, beautiful game that is! Yeah, stunning. Mm. And it just yeah, I'm actually to my like top ten that year was it twenty nineteen? I don't know. Might Must have been nineteen. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't last year. I don't know what years are anymore. <laughs> uh, no one does. <laughs> that are a fiction invented by humans. Well, that's true. True. Yes. Um, I, so I didn't get to watch a stream, um, cause I was mm-hmm. away, um, but y- just hearing you did that. And honestly, like earlier today, I was like logging onto the Twitch and you know, when you go to the Twitch page, it just plays the last mm-hmm. VOD. And I just saw you with the title screen. I'm like, oh man, I never finished that game. Mm. I got to finish that game. That like, that was enough. Like 
sometimes you like have the poll, but obviously life, it's very easy to lose track of games. Yes. And I lost track of that game, but just seeing the menu was like, oh, I really want to yeah. finish that game. It's really short. It's only what, four hours yeah. or something. And it is one of those where you could probably just jump into your Switch save or whatever. Save. Because it's like, you know, the, the, the mechanics are really... It's like well, a couple buttons. It's not something you have to mm -hmm. relearn, but maybe for like the the story is abstract enough. So if you were going to take much yeah. from that anyway, then yeah, like I re yeah, I have vague memories of it, and I think like if I started and we felt lost, I would honestly just like boot up a let's play and like watch the opening yeah. cinematic and maybe fast forward to a chapter switch, and that would be yeah. enough. But it's so short. Like <laughs> if you got what two hours and you're halfway through the game if you restarted it then yeah it's true it's not much of a time thing but yeah I no, definitely absolutely. recommend going back back to it mm. and it I, ends I, very satisfyingly so. nice nice I did um, off stream play a little bit more as well you know, maybe sort of 30 minutes or so but, but or 40 minutes ran through the kind of the next area um, and I really like the way it mixes up kind of what it's trying to do. Like at times, it reminded me of Journey. Uh, other mm. times, it kind of reminded me mm. of Hollow Knight. In okay. moving through the levels, you know, the, the, the kind of the movement mm. in you know that um, kind of Metroidvania style of movement, even though it's nothing like a Metroidvania game, it reminded me of that just through kind of how things move and how you move yeah. through the space and the way that the levels are all kind of linked together um it's it's got some very good but slightly obscure puzzles in places um it just it just works it's just a game that works as a whole package it is just a very well produced game mm -hmm. um it, it's definitely one of those games where if someone says games can't be art, you can show them this and you can actually give them a controller. Mm. They might not do well if they've never played a game, but like like one of the things about like things like The Last of Us or whatever is like to understand how this can be impactful and emotional in certain ways, you have to like already know the paradigm. Sure. And you have to be able to like get through the yep. game. Um but like it's simple enough that like just moving through it and like you said it's abstract but like there's obvious symbolism you can understand what it's trying to do even if you're kind of like what am i doing yeah. right and it's simple enough and I, and and it, like i said like you both said it's just beautiful yeah. it's just hard it would be hard to argue that this isn't doing an art yeah, thing I, I, I gave it to my mom who's never played a video game in her life and she was able to get you know a bit of the ways through it so Nice. Yeah, and she, yeah, she, she doesn't know how to use a controller or anything. Yeah, you heard it here first. It's, it's a baby game for baby. <laughs> baby ass baby. <laughs> but uh, again, I think as you'd kind of commented whilst I was uh, uh, playing Lucy, um, you weren't sure whether there were any kind of like fail states, whether you mm -hmm. could kind of die to any of these sorts of things, um, or it was just it, it only ever push. You know, like there's this, there's this part where this bird kind of screams at you and blows you back. But it always seemed to catch me and stop me before I fell off kind of an edge or anything mm -hmm. like that. And it, it does have that sort of sense to it that it is more experiential rather than being a a, a game. And yeah, as we chatted with Admiral in the in the chat, that's you know, there's absolutely a place for those kinds of those kinds of things. So. Yeah, it's not it's not punishing. No, Admiral showed up. Yes, uh, it's not a punishing 
Twitch-based platformer. It's more, okay, we're going to give you some light puzzling to figure that out. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It yeah. kind of it wants you to, I suppose, feel like you're doing something whilst also propelling and you on this stubby from journey um, and, and taking you kind of, not through the motions, but being like, this is the things that we want to show you. And to do that, yes, we will give you the ability to move and we will make it interesting for you to do so. But this is what we're trying to do. And I hmm. absolutely appreciate that that whoever was the kind of like the producer for this had a vision and, and just sort of, went, you know, yes, let's put these extra elements in. But this is it. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to show uh, the beautiful, absolutely stunning sort of watercolour aesthetic as that kind of, you know, you discover a new colour when you get to sort of a checkpoint and, and the way that it blasts into the screen and, and, and washes over and even then how that uh, translates through to the different areas that you traverse through. It just works. That's, it's such a beautiful game. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it, uh, as yeah. I was saying, like every frame could be, mm. Mm. yeah, just a, just a post. Frameable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Frameable. Frames. Completely. Mm. And uh, again, there's some areas where you don't do anything; you just move through them. But you could position your character, and that could be the the cover. Mm. That could be yes. the the mm. image for the game for you to take. But it doesn't, you know, like a, a water a tree. Sort of the lovely way that it does its lines kind of up through to show a tree. And then rather than it being leaves, it was just water dripping down. And that was it. You didn't do anything in that area. Yeah. It just showed you this tree and you just moved yeah. through. Um, yeah. And that was it. So. Yeah, I was spamming the Frameable frames, button. Radari. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you for joining us, dude. Yes, thank you. Good to see you, Radari. Um, yeah, it... it I was spamming the screenshot button on Switch playing it, and mm. I'd be tempted just to fire it up on Game Pass, just to, you know, just spam. Play it again. It can't. It's not there I'll anymore. Play it again just to take screenshots. It's gone. It. It's gone. Came off Game Pass. I mean, I, oh, did I didn't. I forgot it was cut. It kept. All right. Okay. It's off yes. Game Pass. Oh, cut that a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah, that's why that was the wasn't that like the reason why you started to so look at it. So it's the reason it? why I was going to have a look at it and then I realized that I had it on Steam. Okay. So But you just had No, it? I think you gave it to me. I think you had an extra code oh, from like I, a humble or something. Right, because I owned it on Switch. Yeah, 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 yeah and I gave it to you. So thank you. If if that was the way that it did come, thank you very much because this is this is an excellent that, that, I think that's yeah. correct, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Spam if perfect. Talk to me, then. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you won't get many of those anymore because I'm much better about not <laughs> buying bundles I don't need. <laughs> I mean, and like also, knock on wood, I will continue to be that I mean, guy. Not to not to delve too deeply into it because we've got another game to talk about. But also, <laughs> humble now owned by you know the the, the corporation yeah. that owns IGN and the shit Games. that they've pulled the last couple. Yeah. of days yeah i mean it's a thing we didn't end up talking about a couple of weeks ago when it was in the news but um the fact that they needed to back backpedal because they were trying to ruin what makes humble humble so quick, quick sidebar that ben's trying oh, to no avoid, no that's just, that's not the one i'm trying to avoid 
We can oh, talk about that. Absolutely. I'm talking about the shit that fucking Zip Davis and whatever they're called, J2, pulled about the fucking Palestinian uh, relief that IGN posted about. And then a, a, in the middle of the night, they just pulled that article down, took it away. I didn't hear about that. Mm-hmm. Guess we're going to talk about both no, of them, no, or that's all we're talking about talk, that we've one? Got, we've got another game that we need to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so we we cool. won't get into this. Talk <laughs> um, but I do think maybe, maybe next week we'll try and make space for a uh, game news C segment, because it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all depressing. And I, there's a backlog. <laughs> <It's all depressing. laughs> and Apple Epic should be done by by next week, right? I think oh, the end of Discovery was this week. I think that has been the most joyous thing recently in the game news. Uh, just seeing anyway the bizarre things that have come out of that trial, <laughs> and seeing some of the insidious things that companies do that we all know that they do. But but it's more like can Tim Sweeney? Um, can you identify? A, what this is it's like oh it's a ps5 i mean out of all the consoles in the world um that have ever been created i think the most distinct looking console is that ugly hideous looking ps5 it looks like a geiger-esque monstrosity so (laughs) but also it's like it's it's the only console that's the size of seven consoles (laughs) so i I mean it's surprising it wasn't like i'm i'm sorry that is that not just a standing fan (laughs) <laughs> oh, is that Dyson's newest yes. thing? They figured out how to do the fa- like the fanless fan, but without the big oval. <laughs> a nuclear reactor, yeah. <laughs> if they said, uh, what's this, um, you know, Xbox One Series X or whatever, you'd probably get the name wrong and it'd be like, that's a fridge. But everybody knows what the PS5 is. How can you not look at it? Absolutely. Yeah, completely. It screams its name as you as you walk into the room. <laughs> Pay attention to me. <laughs> oh dear! What if your router had sex with three other routers <laughs> at the same time? Or hey, don't kink shame the PlayStation it's like router. The Rat King of consoles. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I like how we this this is us getting back on topic for a game just just Good. to keep track. Yes, I'm glad. Um, that uh, Radari just says to finish out on Apex's new map. There's a building that looks like a PS5. I I know in real life there have been a couple of buildings which have resembled consoles. There was a big PS3 one. There was a um, there was one that looked like the. Um, Jawa's um, sand crawler as well from Star oh, yeah, Wars. Yeah. There's loads of the, you know buildings. Architecture reflects art all the time. So to to see that that being a building in Apex, art reflecting game in game, that makes sense. Again, another full circle thing that we have come to. Uh, good, good. So, what game is it that you'd like to talk about? Uh, the game I've got to talk about is called Backworlds. Mm. Kindly um, procured by yourself, Ben. Um, yes. What's the name of the developer? I think it was. I don't know. Go to the Steam page. Logic Ember Limited. Um, I wonder if they've done anything else. These developer no? names are getting very complicated, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Having limiters and income here, it's like 
Um, yeah, it looks like their only title that they've done. Um, this mm-hmm. has been out on PC for 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 a hot minute since um, February last year, apparently. Wow, um, I didn't know okay. it was that old. Yeah, um, because I think I think I originally played a demo on. It's probably one of the Steam game festivals in the last. Um, Definitely in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Maybe they put it out after the release just to drum up um, a few more sales. I mean, it's got right now fourteen positive reviews. So for for the quality of game, it is. I you know I would have hoped to see you know a few more people jump on it, but um, maybe that's mm. just the reviews. Who knows how many actual people have played it? But um, it is a puzzle platformer. I'd call it a platformer. Um, where the central mechanic is you have sort of like a light world and a dark world where you can okay. um, sort of paint over the, you know, parts of the screen. And um, in one world, um, this chameleon, your this cute little chameleon character that you play as, um, when you go from the light world and dark world, the, the properties of each world are different and, like, the physics are different. Mm. Um it starts off. There's a few interesting things about this game. Um, I'll speak a bit more about the mechanics. There's, there's, there's four different like quote unquote worlds. I'll get more into like how the game is structured in a second. But there's there's like four distinct um, like types of mechanics in there. So one is uh, basically you can change the gravity. So say if you paint the screen in the dark world your your character's basically in zero g and when you paint it back they fall to the ground because it's like normal gravity there's another one where it's um sort of like it's the best way to describe it it's sort of like uh being on like tram tracks electric electrical tram tracks where it's like your your feet go electrified and anything that you paint in like the dark world goes electrified and you can like sort of walk around walls and stick to walls Okay, um, and you know it, it does it does switch up the mechanics enough. There's there's as I say like four central ones, but I think the way that they use and the distinct puzzles um, that they you never they never get stale. They never feel old. So um, yeah, but even those four um, mechanics stretched across this game, which probably took me. Oh, the rubbish thing I hate about Switch is that until you close the game, it doesn't tell you yeah. how many how long you've played it, or, or until you've played a few more games, it doesn't say how long you've played it for. Mm. It's always like you played this recently. Just tell me how many hours I played. Yeah, it, it takes please. time to catch up and actually tell yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. So I'll probably say I probably spent ooh, probably about ten hours on it. Yeah. Give or take, I think a lot of that mileage was me just getting stuck on some puzzles, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a fairly girthy puzzle game. Mm. Um, it's not mm. it's not over and done in like two hours or something like that. It's longer than I thought, um, and a lot of that length comes from the way the game is structured, which I really like. It's basically open after after you've done the first few puzzles, just you know teaching you how to use the mechanics, like this brush stroke that you can make bigger or smaller, um, sort of like Microsoft's paint you can change the cursor size and stuff like that so for the more intricate little puzzle you can do smaller strokes or you know when you, if you just want to make 
the whole thing, the light world or the dark world, it's just like, yeah, just one big swath. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, after those few couple levels, just interested in, um, introducing you into the mechanics, it uses the uh, directional pad, which is good, because I hate Joy-Con's uh, drift. It's awful. Um, I've noticed it come back during Pokemon oh. Snap, and it's been the worst. Okay. Um, yeah, not a problem in this game, fortunately. But after you get through those very short, like, tutorialization levels, it basically just opens up um, these four distinct worlds. You can access them whenever you want, and you can tackle puzzles in whatever order you want. Mm. Um, it's not... The, the, the levels are, like, single screen. But you can just keep on going to like the next part of the next screen and try and tackle that puzzle. If you don't like that puzzle or you're stuck on this puzzle, you can go to the next one in this world. Wow. Okay. It's open nice. from the start, yeah. which is really handy because... The... Carry on. You were going to say something. Oh, I was just like, is it entirely open or is it like... Entirely. There's a section where you can get anything or like the, any puzzle in the entire game is open? Entirely open with a little bit of a caveat, because um, basically in each of these puzzle rooms, you're trying to get this like s coloured circular blob, you're trying to just access that. It's usually locked behind, you know, some, um, like you're having to press this lever and then it makes this door go up and you're able to access it there, or you have to move, you know, blocks, um, you know, using the... the the very different central mechanics and you know to get up onto the block and then access the the blob there and it's to unlock this there's sort of like a boss room in each world it's, it's a non-violent game it's not like this chameleon just suddenly pulls out a desert eagle and starts shooting or anything <laughs> it's <laughs> oh it's not like gex is more badass <laughs> brother it's not quite gex um <laughs> Just imagining this chameleon putting on like sunglasses and just getting like twenty Uzis out and just spraying up the face. Just his um, double-barreled shotgun just for pillars <laughs> from behind yeah. it. <laughs> it turns into doom. Um, uh, it, it, it's it's non-violent like boss, uh, like scenario where it's you're just basically using the mechanics that you've learnt in that particular world mm. and basically just uh, dispatching this. "Quote unquote boss." This comedian actually keeps like the trophies, trophies of you know his enemies, which is kind of weird. But um, yeah, uh, so to get to that boss area, you have to complete twelve puzzles in of right. each like color. There's like uh, I think it's yellow, red, blue, and green. So to unlock the uh, boss in the yellow world. You have to, you know, solve twelve of the of the puzzles in that. In but it can be uh, any gotcha. any twelve puzzles taken in any yes, order it, that you like. Yes, it's literally any. Yeah, yep. which I think it's probably maybe about sixteen or eighteen. Okay. Per world, something like that. So there is you don't have to do all of them. Yeah. Which was <laughs> a, a blessing because in the blue world, Done. I. I couldn't wrap my head around some of those puzzles. Um, mm. And I think this is where the structure of the game has a little bit of a downfall in the fact that 
Because I could just go into the blue world at any time. I think it was one of the last worlds I did go to anyway. Um, whichever puzzle I landed on first, I don't know if it was literally the first one going into the blue world, but it's like everything was just all the mechanics and all the different uh, ways the world can, you know, interact. It felt like they just dropped all that on immediately and I didn't mm. get the chance to learn the mm. mechanics that yeah. well. Yeah. Because in that world there was like a case where if you, if you turn into like the dark world it's basically it's like you're underwater and you can swim up. Um and then there was like okay we're going to introduce this anchor mechanic which is on like a reel and this wind mechanic so it's like oh in order to um go face forward into the wind otherwise it's going to blow you back I need the anchor with me but it's like I can only use the anchor when I'm in the swimmy world and it was just a lot of different mechanics all at once and I think that's where it could have used like one or two levels going into the blue world just to tutorialize you know, one or two of the mechanics mm-hmm. that you know at the same time. I mean, and even then add e- a third and f- yeah, even if it allows you to 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 go into whichever one yeah. you want, you want level or or puzzle one of this world to be. This is the basic mechanic we are using yeah. throughout this. Puzzle two is then this, rather than we thought of sixteen really hard puzzles. Here are all of them. <laughs> To take in whichever yeah. way that you want to, yeah, it needs yeah. needs a little bit of structure within that to to take you through and let, give you the language of what they're trying to show you. Agreed, because it was a um, I had to brute force my way through, you know, mm. some of those puzzles where I was just like I, I I I got through it, but I still didn't quite understand the mechanics that much, like. I didn't know where if if my anchor could tether onto something because yeah. it just always went back on the reel. It's like, is this a timing thing? I don't know. And it's so even throughout even though I managed to mm. get twelve of those puzzles, I feel like I still don't have a full grasp on, you know, most of those mechanics in that world. So mm-hmm. I think that's where the structure kind of falls apart, but it was really only in that instance. Sure. Every other world, it was like I enjoyed figuring out. Oh, I now have like um, you know electricity boots, and I can walk on walls. That was interesting to find that out. And it's like, oh, this is anti G, you know, anti gravity. It's like mm. it was interesting to just figure that out my, for myself. But I think I don't know. I'm very attuned to puzzle games, and it's like you know, if someone maybe needed a bit more. You know, holding their hand, I certainly did in the last um, world that I encountered. Then, yeah, maybe it would have been better if a few levels were tutorialized before mm. each world. But um, I, I think I prefer the open structure rather than. I, I really appreciate about that. It's, it's much more of a positive for me than yeah. that that drawback with the last few levels. And I, I think because I didn't have to get all those, you know, complete every single level. That gave me the freedom to not, you know, as rubbish as it may sound, not grasp those puzzles. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but I mean, that's like any game. You you have moments where you kind of, 
whoops. It's just with puzzle yeah. games, it's more obvious when you you whoops through it. There, there, yeah, there is like um, there are like aha moments, but I, I think the frustration with those is just I I I like it when a puzzle stumps me because it's like okay, I know I know what I have to do, I just can't see it. Mm. Whereas right. I don't know what I'm doing because I don't know how to use them, these mechanics. Yes. I don't know how they interact. Oh uh, right, I'm feeling frustrated, and that's this. This so. is this is like a fog in front of the mechanics yeah. rather than a fog in front of the solution. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. Because okay. some of those puzzles, they they are head scratches. Some of them did take like what, like forty five minutes for me to figure out like single wow. screen puzzles, and it's yeah, like, yeah. and 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 figuring it out and getting that aha moment on those was was very satisfying. Um, I think the fact that I couldn't find a, a walkthrough <laughs> is probably mm. most of the reason yeah. why it's like, okay, I'm just going to have to <laughs> figure it out. But um, the puzzles are really well made. You can tell that the the, the de- developers playtested this a lot because there are like some kind of physics-y stuff, things in the game. So it's like, I can imagine like players who are you know, either being creative or dumb like me end up in a... Um, a, a, a irreversible situation. <laughs> <laughs> it, it a lot of the times it feels like it's accounted for that. So there's only like a few rooms where it's like you have this reset button. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them, it's like even when you're like, oh crap, I shouldn't have moved that block there. It's like there's no reset button, so it's like, well, there must be a way to reverse that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so mm. the developers have thought about yeah. that, and sometimes it's actually like, no, you're on the right track, this is the solution. Mm. It was only like once or twice I, I, I like snagged myself in a corner or something like that, but <laughs> the great thing is is that you can teleport at oh. any time you know, oh. to like um, these little portals. And there's quite a few you know, scattered across each world. Um, and you can just teleport to them whenever you want. So, nice. like at the end of the game, where I was just cleaning up a few puzzles from mm. um, different worlds, it was like, yeah, I'll teleport there. I'll teleport there. I'll teleport there. That's nice. That's a nice yeah. touch. Um, yeah. It- two two little thoughts on uh, um, kind of what I have is, uh, firstly, it sounds like they played a lot of the witness and went, how do we make <laughs> this a little bit more open? Like the you know the witness was a, a game where you could mm. kind of do it in whatever order you wanted but then you start this and that then leads you into a series of different puzzles it wasn't Mm. completely open and they've played it and gone we really like how this works but let's make it even more open let's let's allow people to just hit whatever they want at any point but then that detracts from the idea of learning the language of Mm -hmm. that area but yeah as a as a kind of question did you have to go between the light and dark worlds on every single puzzle. Yeah. Um, mm. I don't think you mm. can solve a puzzle without it. That is okay. like the mechanic um, in the game. So so every every like um, you know puzzle uh, requires it. Mm-hmm. And it's less it's less like what's another game where you go through like just completely changes like from light to dark world it's not quite that where you just press a button maybe braid i'm thinking of or something like that where it's like uh, you was... go into a completely different world this yeah. is like you yeah. you change parts of the world by using yeah. that brush stroke braid sounds like about yeah, the, right the, then. the sejourn as well 
which I played a couple of mm. years ago, that was one where you switched between light and dark, but you stayed in the same space. Mm-hmm. And basically it was yeah. like, here's a block in the light world, and you change to the dark, it's like, the block is not here anymore, so you can now progress through yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, y- your, your analogy to the witness was was interesting and it's correct in the sense that yes it has a more of an open structure i mm. think it, in this game though you each each world because it has that mechanic th- these mechanics are not built it, like like the for example the anti-gravity uh, mechanic is only available in the uh in, in its respective world sure. yes it doesn't you don't see then see anti-gravity in the um, kind of electricity boots world. Um, yep. Yep. So you don't need to, you don't need to like learn a particular mechanic in order to then go to another world. So yes, the only time that you do need like knowledge of all of them, and these levels don't open until the very end of the game. Really. Oh, okay. Um, is when you get all. When you beat all four bosses um, for each color, and then you you're able to unlock these these like very end level like puzzle kind of rooms that use all four of the mechanics. Mm, mm. There's probably only about mm. six across the the world. Again, you don't have to do all of them. You only have to do four um, right. in order to get to finish the game to see credits. Um, but in these these um, in these rooms, all four mechanics. Are used and it's it's such. I don't know if I I wanted more of these levels like scattered throughout the game, or whether I don't know. It's something like did did ever do either of you play Hue that yeah. game H U E? I did. Yeah. I, I was gonna say Hue earlier when you were talking about this <laughs> like black and white thing, and I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. <the name> <laughs> Yeah, because those as soon as you unlocked a new color, it would be used mm-hmm. immediately yeah. in the next set of levels. It would just, you know, Roy G. Biv would just progressively get added, and you'd see them, um, see, uh, you know, some of them, or if not all of them, in like the same the same puzzle um, as you progressed. Whereas this, it very much gates those, uh, you know, the, that amalgam of all these mechanics right at the end of the game. Um, as the last set of mm. puzzles in order to, you know, watch the credits. Mm. And it, it kind of makes me just want, like, them to do, like, <laughs> I don't know, Backworlds 1.5, where it's like you have all four of those mechanics and, and they build these these rooms around all four of the mechanics rather than just six. Um, so you get, you get like, almost like a DLC to it. You get 20 puzzles yeah. to run through that use all four of the mechanics... Yeah, they, that would be yeah. interesting. Nice. Yeah, um, but they were hard, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> I, I'm glad that I'm glad that you know that it wasn't too much of the game at the same time. But um, is it? As, yeah, it's it's it, kind of like a final point. Was it too hard? So when it when it used, you say it was hard when it mm-hmm. got into using all four of those things, was it a case of being like, well, no, I know how this works, I know how this works, I know how this works. I just need to combine them in yeah. a certain way. Or was it like, how the fuck have they done this? <laughs> no, because because it because it, it, it's a single screen level, 
you have all the you have all the information given to you on that screen. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to like mm. go up a bit and there's, there's a bit more and you know, but it's giving you all those mechanics. It's like you know what you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's just figuring out. And it, it has that kind of... It's difficult, but in a very satisfying kind of way. Yes. Where, um, as I say, apart from those other frustrating puzzles where I didn't understand the mechanic, everything else in the game, it it, it, it was it's a multi-step puzzle. It isn't just, mm. okay, move block here. It's, it's move block here, and then use electricity boots, and then move that block right. there. You know, etc., etc. It's it's multi-step process, so I think that's where the difficulty lied in just the fact that it's like, okay, I've got to do this, then do this, then do that, then do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a satisfying kind of difficulty. I, yeah. I I really I I really enjoyed this game. Um, as I say, it doesn't have. I hope more people, um, you know, get their eyes on it now that mm. it's coming to Switch um, this week. Because yeah, it's 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 one of those. I always talk about puzzle games. I like puzzle games that have a really good central mechanic and have a satisfying ramp up. This is kind of different, where it's yeah. like it doesn't necessarily have that ramp up, but it has such a satisfying open world structure that I didn't miss that ramp up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I'd recommend people definitely check this out. Um, how much is it on Steam at the moment? Uh, seven seven nineteen, and you know, get a fair ba- bang for your buck. As I say, it took me. Maybe I'm stupid, but you know, <laughs> a good ten hours to finish. So, yeah, it's nice. uh, and nice. it's got a really nice soundtrack. I think they said something about BAFTA winning or BAFTA nominated mm. uh, composer for the soundtrack, and it's got a really nice art art style too. It's got. The very striking look of like the light world, like it's very colourful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because you know, colour is like one of the central um, themes in it. So very colourful. You're going through like these jungle areas and these like kind of almost temple areas and um, forestry areas. And, yeah. And then the I don't know if it had like some kind of social commentary to it, but when you change to to like the dark world, it was like this very industrial kind of built-up, gentrified city. <laughs> so it's like, is this is this what happens when, you know, deforestization happens? <laughs> <laughs> the mm. chameleons die or something like that. I don't know. Apparently, I may have missed, like, a cutscene at the beginning of the game, but, you know, mm. you're, 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 jump- you're basically a chameleon, like, drawn, you know, a, a cartoon chameleon drawn and stuck on a fridge. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, he, and, he, and he's basically jumped into some kind of painting it's because this woman's painting in this high-rise apartment or something. I, I don't know. I don't know if it has any social commentary about that, but yeah, deforestation is probably a bad thing. I mean, um, I'll, I'll, yeah, mm. absolutely. <laughs> yes. I, I think, I think uh, yes. what it was most striking was when I was playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, <laughs> of all things. Mm. I think I was flying somewhere over, like, it was, it was Central America somewhere. It might have been Belize or... Costa Rica or something, and then just as I was going getting to like the coast, it was just like just raised. It was just like you had all this jungle before, and then it was just like okay, now everywhere is just just farm, farm grazing farm. land. Yeah, just just brown. It's all just brown Jeez. now, and it's like just the land just it's 
nobody's even using it. It's just, you know, we got a contract to tear down all the trees and we might use it for, you know, to make something here one day. We need more soil. Corporations. To fill yeah. up for the cattle feed. Sure. Yeah. Let's just do it there. Because it's cheap. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, social, there's social commentary in everything, every yeah. fucking thing possible. Yeah. So, if you've read into it and you think there might be, there probably is in some sort of way. Unless, That's what I got. Unless, I took unless you're like Ubisoft and you're too scared to fucking say anything. Because you're cowards. Um, sexually abusing cowards. Let's finish there for. You can the, change hey, the colour of well, the chameleon. You're, oh, good. I'll leave it on that good nice. Oh, th- note. thank thank you for that slight <laughs> bright well, something uh, something. I should say backworlds and the people who make it and the people who publish it. Nothing to do with Ubisoft. That was a that yeah. was a, a completely different comment. Well, that was an aside. Anyway, yeah, they made a great game. Good. So good. Check it out, everyone. Perfect. Uh, let's jump very swiftly into our beers then to finish out our evening. Uh, Adol, out of the two that you yes. had, do you have a preference? Oh, it's actually really mm. tough this week. Um, I like them both for very different reasons. Um, the the DDH, the Genesee from Polly's is very good. It's a solid. I would go. I would get another one of these um, IPA with some nuance. Very drinkable. The Midnight Mischief is much more mm-hmm. niche. Uh, it's just like. Hey, what if we made a sessionable, clearly coffee-based milk stout? Which, how many times do you want to have those sessions? Um, but I, but it's it's such a good beer in that realm, yeah. and all. Uh, so basically, both. I might go back for a second of the Polys more often, okay. but I'm good. But I'm going to give it to the Midnight Mischief because it's. A four point seven percent stout that is just doing way more than it. It's punching above yeah. its weight. Um, it's it's um, it's giving me all the notes, all the all the indications of a uh, of a heftier one, uh, and even the like the nitro coffee, you know, is, is actually quite laid back. And so it just I think what it's mostly doing is filling the gap of the lighter weight stout, and that's exactly kind of what I want. I don't want to have this sort of more watery stout that is just like super coffee for it and they've they've balanced those things so it is a thing i could have a second of and even a third of easily because it's 4.7 percent. but also i could just have it because it's a very tasty rich filling experience and it's remarkable that it's doing that without even like below the five percent barrier yeah. right like that's pretty uncommon so i have to i they have to give it yeah, to, fair. to them that's that. fair and yeah. um, i'm i'm gonna stick with you though and go for the stout this week um i'm, I'm mm. staying away from the states uh, more gardens from poland as i've just uh googled so i am uh, i'm giving it to more garden this week uh both beers are very good and i would absolutely as you said adult, i would absolutely no doubt drink again and i think i would reach had i have just had uh the other half which was double something dream double mosaic dream uh, uh, it would have been very easy to just continue drinking that. It's very light. had a lot of fruit going on. There was that lovely sweetness to it that just peaked it from being a bit too kind of bitter. Kept it a little bit light. Kept it very, very easy to drink. But this Ice Man is a lovely, lovely flavour. And even though the adjuncts on the front 
differ a little bit from the flavor that I'm getting. Um, it's so easy. It doesn't feel like 10%. It's a lovely, lovely stout. Uh, I would drink this every single day. If, if you said to me, <laughs> you can only drink one beer I mean, every day. You can, have, you can have one beer every day, but you can only drink one beer forever. Yes. This is a beautiful flavor. Wow. That's it's fucking, really, that's a sales it, it really pitch and a half. It's, it's beautiful. And it doesn't do a huge amount. It just hits that flavor so well. Nice. It tastes so beautiful. And I'd go, yeah, sure, I can have a pint. And I'll be pissed every fucking day for the rest of my life. Because <laughs> who knows that this is 10%? No one. I like the, the poetry and eloquence of, of of this review. Just just love I, it. I, I'll love stick it, love to it, the name. It. I'll tank everything that we do. Um, but mm. yeah, you, there's no way you would tell this is 10%. I, I need to seek None. it out. I mean, Eastern Europe make good stats. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There, there's just this, you know, we talk about water quality, you know, what we yeah. think of, of, of beers from over kind of like in New York and America, what we're getting from certain beers here in the UK. Something about Eastern European stouts just hits right. Yeah. I don't know whether it's the the malt build that they get, whether it's kind of all local and it's just something else that, that, that that's lifting them above everyone. Yeah, them in Scandinavia. Because mm. I'm just thinking of all the great stairs. Pahalia, of like, like Amundsen. Yeah, Amundsen, like, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of stairs, did you get your hands on uh, that Brew York birthday? No. Um, no. Okay. I know you've got it sat, haven't you? I uh, do. I may, still, I, do. I may still have a look next week um, and see if I can get a box. Yeah. Was it Freaky something? Freaky five year Friday or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. horror horror based yeah. stout box from Brew York. Yeah. yeah, I think it's what is it? Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. No, there's five beers. I think five, like 11, 12, five 13, double 14, digit 15. beers. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. got to fifteen percent. And yeah, for me, Brew York make the best stouts in the UK. Mm. But you know, they're in tough competition with the likes of Amundsen and. Paul Harlan, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Malt Garden. Mm, absolutely. Mm. I've had two beers from Malt Garden. Yeah. And both have been fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, I mean, it's one of those where I, I know the next time I do a big bottle shop order, I'll be like, what do they have in here? Yeah. It'd be something yeah. that I'd look for next time. I think my first trip great. out of um, my uh, bunker, <laughs> now that I'm vaccinated... Might just have to be a bottle shop in a few weeks. So. <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big trip. Yeah. Nice. Good. Well, it will be. It will be an expensive one. You will, too. yeah, absolutely. Save up. <laughs> like, yeah. not this payday, the next one, because you've got both to then lean into yeah. for that big bottle shop trip. I might as well go on a cruise, it'll be cheaper. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Uh, Good. A nice place for us to finish for the evening. Uh, Listener, viewer, 
friend, if you have other stouts or other beers that you'd like us to drink or things that you would recommend, let us know. You can drop a comment on the YouTube video. You can drop a comment on outoflives.net where this is as well. You can leave us a review in your podcast service of choice. Tell us about the beers that you're drinking or you can come join us in the Discord. You can hit one of us up. You can either go to at tankedupcast on Twitter. I'm at Nova underscore 47. Lucy is Juicy Loose 9. Adler is at the Omniarch. Go to any of us, ask us, come and join us in the Discord and chat to us about the beers that you're drinking or the games that you are playing. I think I've hit everything very, very concisely there. Yes, except the closer, where you've awkwardly just started talking about how good you are at this. Bye. Cut it. Cut it. Just cut it. Bye. Done. Yeah, bye. Laugh that peaks the microphone and then cut it. Can't chat. get better. And I mean, just to round us out, ciao. Mmm. <laughs> 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 <laughs>